Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. On the line, we've got Deborah uh, Mutemwa Tambo, who's an attorney of the High Court of South Africa, co-founder uh, and executive chairwoman of a Santon-based law firm, uh, which is called Tambo Scott. Just to give us clarity about spousal support, who is entitled to it, and how it actually works. Uh, Deborah, welcome to the takeoff. Good morning, Bongani, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you for having me. So, Deborah, can you just break it down to us? What is spousal support? Um, so, spousal support is essentially what uh, you probably would see in a lot of Western movies being referred to as alimony. Mm. And this is something that would be ordered or agreed upon between two parties in uh, in a divorce. And it would be ordered by the court. And um, the party that's in a better financial position would have an obligation to retain the uh, former spouse until such a time as either the, the, the demise of the former spouse or when the former spouse uh, remarries or becomes independent. And, and also, what, determine, what are some of the determining factors on who gets it and how they get it? Yes. So in terms of the Divorce Act, there are various factors that go into determining how and when spousal support should be granted. I think, you know, first and foremost, I, I should stress that in South African law, um, our courts favor a system called the clean break system, which means that upon a divorce, the courts favor a situation where both parties will be as independent of each other as possible. However, this isn't always possible in the in the instance where, say, for, for example, one of the spouses was a stay-at-home mom or dad, whilst the other was building their career and working and accumulating and amassing all of this wealth. So... In terms of Section 7 of the Divorce Act, the court can, you know, on its own, on its own basis, if it finds it just and equitable, it can order that one spouse maintain another spouse, so provide that spousal maintenance. Um, and then the other factor is that they, this can be an agreement between the divorcing parties. So, you know, the divorcing parties can say, okay, listen, I understand that you're not in the same financial position that I am. Therefore, I undertake to maintain you for this much amount um, for this many years. And then, of course, the spouse that requires the maintenance can either decide to agree or disagree with the offer and then ask the court to, to make a determination accordingly. Does the same apply for partners who have just been living together and not illegally married, but have obviously been living a certain lifestyle? So in terms of the Divorce Act, no. But there are various judgments of the Constitutional Court, uh, well, judgments of different courts, but even in the Constitutional Court, the uh, cohabitation relationship has definitely been considered around the issue of maintenance of surviving spouses, for instance. But in terms of, you know, two parties that are just living together, um, as man and wife, but they're not necessarily legally married, that legal obligation hasn't necessarily been impacted in the same way as something like, you know, two people that have been living together in a cohabitation relationship and the only reason they're separating isn't out of their own accord, but one is that they separate due to the death of one of the other parties. Um, In the situation where two people that have been cohabitating decide to separate. Um, yeah, this hasn't necessarily been unpacked, but it's not the same legal obligation as in a, in a divorce. Does our reason for breaking up matter um, or, or play a role on whether the, the other person gets uh, spousal support or not? For example, if I'm the one that's been unfaithful or she's mm-hmm. the one that's been unfaithful and she asked me for spousal support 
um, can I can I not give it to her because she's the one that, that obviously broke the marriage? So that's a really interesting question. Um, in terms of the Divorce Act, and it's important to note that this is a 1979 Act, there is the um, option to look at the reasons for the divorce as a reason to, to grant spousal support or spousal maintenance. Yeah. But in terms of how our law has, has developed since then, um, you know, a decree of, of divorce um, incorporating an element of maintenance isn't necessarily um, something that comes about as a, as a measure of punishment against the other party. So, you know, this whole idea that, you know, it's your fault, therefore you should do this, isn't necessarily something that you see at play in our law anymore the way you would have seen it, you know, pre-1994. Yeah. So I don't think it's a factor anymore, but it certainly was a factor, and there still is reference to it in terms of the Divorce Act. And really, whether or not you um, you find yourself falling prey to the reasons for the divorce depends on how, how well of an attorney um, you have representing you. It's a takeoff with Bongani and Nala. And on the line, we've got Deborah, who is an attorney of the High Court, and we are talking about spousal support. I think the one question that, that a lot of men usually ask is, if we get divorced and I'm earning, she's earning less than me, then yes. uh, I start paying spousal support because obviously we've probably got kids. When she remarries and marries someone that earns three times what I earn, do I still need to pay her a spousal support? Because now she's married someone else and technically she's someone else's responsibility. Yes, um, that's definitely an important question. And I think I, I kind of touched on it when we talked about how long does one have to pay spousal support. So yeah. one, of the, one of the factors is if somebody becomes independent, um, then you know that person necessarily doesn't need the spousal support anymore. So the the, the, the um, supporting spouse, so be it the man, if he feels that this person doesn't need the support anymore, he can approach the maintenance court for a variation of the order or say that his duty has been discharged. So some of the factors definitely are if this person remarries. Um, you know, middle-aged women or you know women that get divorced or men that get divorced at a younger age are still in a position to educate themselves and ensure that they take the necessary steps to become independent. And the court would certainly take that into account and say, okay, go and study um, and be maintained for as long as you need to become independent. However, say it's a, it's a much older woman, um, you know, reaching her 60s, 70s, and she's way past uh, the working age, the court will take that into account. Now, if somebody remarries, whether they're middle-aged, in their 20s, or in their 70s, there certainly is a good case to be made by the maintaining spouse to say that this person is now independent um, and I therefore ask the court to discharge of my duty to maintain this person. But of course, it's always important to remember that it's not a given, but it's definitely a huge factor that the court would, would take into consideration. Deborah, thank you so much for, check, for taking the time and chatting to us this morning. Thank you. Thank you to um, your listeners as well. The Takeoff, weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. with Bongani and Nala. Let's take off.